Last one for the year, eh? Who knows? Could be the last one in this lifetime. We don't know. Don't know what today holds. We don't know what tomorrow holds. But do we know our God? Yeah? I was considering um, my own heart, my own way of, you know, that ebbs and flows of the, the life that um, we live through in the, in the course of the calendar year, um, how our culture sort of shapes to a certain degree, how we respond in different times of the year, how we feel, and thinking about the way that that has related to um, different cultures in different times. And I was reflecting on the fact that in ancient cultures, it was not uncommon... Uh, especially we, we know this because modern-day archaeologists are discovering sort of overwhelming evidence that the sun was almost universally revered as an object of worship worldwide. Um, the, in ancient times, the sun was revered while the, the night was feared. Danger came in the night. Uh, the cold came in the night. While the sun gave us warmth, it gave us light, it helped crops to grow, it, it seemed that wherever the sun touched, life would follow. And so it was not uncommon for people to come to the conclusion that the sun was worthy of worship. Uh, many cultures today, including our own, still celebrate the summer solstice, the one day of the year that contains the most daylight hours. And even we here in Australia, while we don't, most of us, hold you know, worship services to the sun, our culture, to a large degree, Australians, we worship the sun. All right? we, we, we're known worldwide as that summer-loving, that a outdoor living, that beach going, that bush bashing, whatever it might be, if we're outside, we, we love it, right? And so while we don't worship, we, we know that it is essential for life on this planet. Some of us grew up fearing the dark. We were afraid of the dark. Some of us still are. And in some ways, I was considering the fact that the closing of a year, let's just use our year, 2023, or what remains of it, in lots of ways it feels a little bit like sort of that end of the day, that going down of the sun. This year is literally drawing to a close. The last Sunday of the year, the last day of this year. And I'm not sure about you, but one of the things that affects me at the closing of the year is a tendency to get a little bit introspective and a little bit reflective, and I start thinking back over the year that's gone by, and often my mind naturally draws towards giving attention to my mistakes or my regrets Maybe you are considering unfulfilled dreams that you had at the outset of 2023 that 
have not come to fruition. And all of those things can tend to cast long shadows across the landscape of your life. You, you start thinking about the horizons that lay before you and, and all those mistakes and regrets tend to sort of uh, cast a shadow, don't they? It's not uncommon at this time of year for many to experience higher levels of anxiety or feelings of isolation, feelings of sadness. Um, research agencies rank this time of year as being one of the highest prevalence of depression. At best, maybe these feelings could be labelled as being sort of the old-fashioned holiday blues. I don't know if you've ever heard that term before, people in the, the holiday blues. Maybe they've just seen too much of family. Um, surely that couldn't be the case. But more seriously, it, more than holiday blues... Like this, this can be a time of crisis for many people that can lead to disastrous consequences. This year is about to close, and I'm, I'm wondering how you feel about that. I really do hope, and I know that it's true, that in this room there are people who've experienced incredible joys in 2023, real victories, highs that, that you celebrate. And there are some of you who can't wait for the calendar year to flick over and do it all again. You're those real positive people out there. That's fantastic. God love you. <laughs> because I know that's not the case for a lot of you in the room. I know that for many of you in this room, this year has held immense sorrow and loss and deep pain. Some of you have experienced disappointments like you never even imagined before. Many of you are fighting battles this year, battles that have waged relentlessly even though many other people didn't, don't know anything about them. They've been silent battles. And maybe you're feeling like 2023 has kind of left you standing on your last legs, as it were, reeling from the year that's been. So at the sunset of this year... I want you to know that the sun will rise again. Right? The sun will rise again. Now, that statement is not just a cliche statement that holds an empty hope. I've been reading um, a bit of a, a guy that I really appreciate his writing by the name of Paul Tripp. Uh, I know Marty and Lauren, you've been reading a bit of Marty loves you, I know. Rings me up all the time. Chris, have you read this guy, Trip? I'm like, yeah, mate, he's good. Um, but he is a fantastic uh, writer. I was reading something recently of his where he describes the impact of hope on our lives. I'm going to read you a quote um, from Paul Tripp. It says, From the smallest concerns to the grandest ones, our lives are shaped, directed, motivated and frustrated by hope. Everyone hopes. Everyone hooks their hope to something or someone. Everyone hopes their hope will come through for them. No one ever purposely hopes in what is hopeless. 
Everyone longs for hope that is sure. Everyone gets up in the morning motivated by hope of some kind or paralyzed by hopelessness of some kind. Then Tripp goes on to define hope like this. Hope is always fueled by some form of desire. It may be the desire to be loved, to be cared for, to be protected, to be understood, to be provided for, to be accepted, to experience comfort or pleasure, to have control, to be forgiven, and the list could go on and on. Also, hope always has an object. I look to someone or something to satisfy my desire. And lastly, hope carries an expectation of when, how, and where that person or thing in which I have placed my hope will deliver what I have hoped for. Almost every day, you entrust your smallest and largest longings into the hands of something or someone with the hope that your longings will be satisfied. To be human, Tripp says, is to hope. So when I said that the sun will rise again and that that statement holds no empty hope, here's what I mean by that. I don't mean that all of us can live assured of a physical tomorrow. We can't do that. None of us can be assured of that. Even as something as shallow, I think, of our human experience tells us, that tomorrow is uncertain. And beyond our own human experience, the words of Scripture tell us that that is true, that tomorrow is not guaranteed. But I do mean that while the various disappointments and frustrations of this year may cast a shadow over you now, the God of this universe is the God who is Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He holds all things together in the palm of his hands. That's what the story that is written in the blood of Christ's hands tells us. That story tells us that the story is not finished in your life. And yet it is finished because God has made it so. That when Jesus hung on the cross and said, it is finished, he was writing the end of the story, even though in our lives, we're still reading it, aren't we? Chapter by chapter. So this is my end of year exhortation for you. This is my hope as we finish off one year and start thinking about the next. And it starts with considering that so often we hope in the wrong things. We're hoping for the wrong things. At the root of much of our frustration and my angst is this, unrealized expectations or unmet longings and misdirected hope. I think Tripp has a helpful comment on this, and he observes that Scripture has much to say about our longings. That is, 
the desires that animate us and shape our lives. It tells us what to love and what to hate. Scripture tells us what to desire and what to forsake, what is good for us and what will harm us. And much of the drama of hope in our lives comes not because we don't get what we hoped for, but because we spend so much of our time hoping for the wrong things. So here's one of the places where Scripture speaks into our hope. Grab your Bibles and turn to Psalm 27 and verse 4. Psalm 27 verse 4. I have it on the screen, but I'd love for you to look at it in your own Bible in front of you. Psalm 27, verse 4, I'm going to read from the Christian Standard Bible, says this, I have asked one thing from the Lord. It is what I desire, to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, gazing on the beauty of the Lord and seeking Him in His temple. All right, this gives us a really powerful insight into where our hope should be directed, doesn't it? Because when David wrote those words, he wasn't just coming off a spiritual high from the latest church conference that he'd just attended. Like he hadn't just gone out and heard an absolutely wicked worship band and was now sitting back and just sort of basking in the glow of this great spiritual experience that he had and he wrote down, man, I want to do this every day. This is the one thing I desire, to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's not what was going on in his life. When David wrote that, David was being harassed and attacked. David was being hunted. David's name was reviled in the nation. If it had been me, if I'd been in David's shoes, I probably would have said that the one thing that I desire would be security or maybe vindication that my name would be you know, held in better esteem. Or maybe the one thing that I would desire would be to have control over my enemies. But that isn't what David desired. His desire has a singular focus. His desire was to simply soak in the presence of his God. Again, Paul Tripp, talking a bit about this sort of singular desire, says this. He says, you see, in every situation and relationship of your everyday life, there is a one thing war going on. It's being fought on the turf of your heart. You and I are safe only when the Lord really is the one thing that commands our heart and controls our actions. Yet there are many things that compete with him as the one thing that your heart craves. So the question we have to ask ourselves this morning is, what is the one thing that we have been looking for? What is the object of our hope? The Bible reminds us that when it comes to hope, there are only two places to look. You can look to created things to satisfy the longings of your heart or you can look to the creator. 
It really is true that when it comes to fundamental human hope, each of us looks either horizontally or vertically. And the Bible warns us that if our hope disappoints us, if our hope disappoints us, it's because our hope rests in the wrong objects. There is only one place to look for hope that is secure, no matter what. I want you to consider these passages of Scripture. We're not going to be able to look them up. I've got them on the screen for you because we're just going to do a a whole heap, one at a time, in different places, all right? Psalm 119, 114 says this, You are my shelter and my shield. I put my hope in your word. Psalm 130, verse 7, Israel, put your hope in the Lord. For there is faithful love with the Lord, and with him is redemption in abundance. Psalm 147, verse 11. The Lord values those who fear him, those who put their hope in his faithful love. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you. This is the Lord's declaration. Plans for your well-being, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Lamentations 3.24, I say, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will put my hope in Him. Romans 5 and 5, this hope will not disappoint us because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Romans 15.13, now may the God of hope Fill you with all joy and peace as you believe, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Or Ephesians 1.18, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, so that you may know what is the hope of His calling, what is the wealth of His glorious inheritance in the saints. Colossians 1.27, God wanted to make known amongst the Gentiles the glorious wealth of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Or Titus 1 and 2, in the hope of eternal life that God, who cannot lie, promised before time began. All right, it is an empty hope that rests in a thing. It's an empty hope that rests in better circumstances for 2024. It's an empty hope, even if that hope rests in a loved one in your life. As great as that person may be. Because hope rests in a person. The one true and living God. Not in a thing. Not in a circumstance. Not even in a loved one. The scripture invites us. It even commands us to hope in the Lord. So here's hope for the year ahead. What are your expectations? What are your desires for 2024? And again, I want to just take a little comment from Tripp in the article that I was reading. Here's how he concludes his thoughts. Scripture promises us that when we hope in the Lord, we will not be disappointed. No, 
God won't submit to our time expectations and he won't always deliver what we hoped for in the way we expected. But he will always care for those who trust in him. He will give us everything he has promised us and he will generously provide what is best for us. So we wait with patient expectation, knowing that our hope is firm when we hope in the Lord. Many of us struggle with questions of God's goodness, faithfulness and love, not because he has been unfaithful to any promise in our way, but because we simply are not on his agenda. Our agenda, our definition of what a good God should give us is a life that is comfortable pleasurable and predictable. One in which there's lots of human affirmation and an absence of suffering. But consider God's agenda. James 1 verse 2 says this, Consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. Right? The message is consistent. God is not working to deliver to you your personal definition of happiness. He's just not. If you're on that agenda page, you are going to be disappointed with God in 2024. And you're going to wonder if he loves you. But God is after something better. He's after your holiness. That is the final completion of his redemptive work in you, which includes deep and abiding happiness in him. The difficulties you face are not in the way of God's plan. They do not show the failure of God's plan. And they're not signs that he's turned his back on you. These tough moments are actually a sure sign of his commitment to his redemptive work in you. And so the night of 2023 is upon us. All those shadows of unrealized expectations and unmet longings and misdirected hope, they're looming large right now. But I want you to take courage. Because as the sun sets this year, be assured, the sun will rise again. We look to the one who holds all things in his hands. We hope in a living saviour, which makes us the, the ones who own a living hope. He is the author and perfecter of your faith. We hope in Jesus. And so I want to leave you with these words. Philippians 3, starting from verse 7. Paul reflecting on his life and he says, Everything that was a gain to me, I have considered to be a loss because of Christ. More than that, I also consider everything to be a loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Because of him, 
I have suffered the loss of all things and consider them as dung, so that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own from the law, but one that is through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God based on faith. We started by reading Psalm 27, David's reflection, the one thing that he desired from the Lord, just to be in God's presence. That psalm finishes with these words. Psalm 27, verse 13. I don't have them on the screen. It says, I am certain, this is David's reflection, I am certain that I will see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart be courageous. Wait for the Lord. Lord Jesus, we thank you. Thank you that you meet us in all of our unmet desires and our frustrations and our pain and our grief. You meet us in our victories and our joys and this year has held all of those things. And although we've not known from one day to the next the story of our life, we hold firm to you that you are the Alpha and the Omega, the the beginning and the end. You are the author and perfecter of our faith. And so we wait on you. Lord, teach our hearts to identify the false hopes that we have worshipped this year. The things that we looked to, the the things that we pursued and chased after and grasped onto to somehow meet some desire of our heart, Lord, that was so false. Lord, we thank you that you are a forgiving God. That in Christ you have redeemed these efforts of our own to try to solve the problems of our own life. We thank you that we find life in you. Lord, teach our hearts to find their hope in you and you alone. We thank you that in Christ we know the sun will rise again. And we wait for you. Amen.